Hello. QueerAF is now an independent community interest company. Our podcast's first four seasons were funded by National Student Pride, and so there might be some old calls to action in them. For the most up-to-date info on our podcast that funds budding LGBTQIA plus audio producers, visit wearequeeraf.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter that sums up the LGBTQIA plus world and supports queer creatives kickstart their career. Enjoy the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Is it just me? Or does anyone else feel under pressure to find love? We spend our lives swiping on dating apps and dreaming of becoming hashtag couple goals on social media. Looking back at the generation before us, it can be easy to feel like we're failing if we're not settled down with a partner, mortgage, and 2.4 kids in the 10 minutes post-graduation. As an LGBT person, I always felt that this would give me the liberty to make my own free choices and rules surrounding my life. But I definitely feel the pressure to fit into the norms set by my parents' generation. We have spent so long being denied the rights of cisgendered heterosexual couples. It feels that as we get closer to full legal equality, that we need to embrace all of our new rights. However, I think I've always wanted the choice to get married, and not necessarily crave the actual act of tying the knot. I've always seen myself as independent, and I'm not necessarily convinced that I'm looking for a life partner or even love. Should I feel bad that I'm not searching for the one? Can you be single, happy, and hashtag queer AF? That's this week's episode with the Real Brunch podcast host, Martin Joseph. He's back after his episode last season, which tackled body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and his relationship with his body, and indeed the whole LGBT communities. Today's story follows on from his personal journey, though, and if you haven't listened, definitely go back and check it out after today's episode. Because today, Martin's going to try and answer an epic question. Is the secret to queer happiness being in a relationship? That's this week's Hashtag QueerAF. I'm Jamie Wareham. Last year on this podcast, I opened up about my own mental health. I had a huge response from LGBT people saying that they also struggled with self-worth. According to UK LGBT rights charity Stonewall, half of LGBT people have said that they have experienced depression in the last year. I wonder, how much of an impact is this having on our love lives? So I make podcasts and my favorite topic to discuss is dating. I have spent the last two years sitting with two friends discussing and poking fun at my own dating life. The other day I messaged him. So when are we hanging out again? <laughs> Do you want to know what his response was? I'm yeah, nervous. Of course. I moved to Berlin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was that it? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so that's done. 
<laughs> and while I do enjoy regaling my friends with the stories of my dating mishaps, and I personally like the act of going out for dinner and meeting new people, is it fair to still be dating when I'm ultimately still working on my own mental health? And is it fair to be going on these dates when I currently don't see it going any further than boyfriends? And maybe even less. Someone who I know has dealt with their own turbulent love life whilst working actively on their own mental health is my friend, James Barr. Last night drunkenly tell him that I loved him. Okay. But... Have you soberly retracted it? No. (laughs) James is the host of a gay and a non-gay podcast, the Hits Radio Breakfast Show, and one half of your Student Pride main stage presenting duo. I feel like a lot of the time when we're dating people, we're just enjoying ourselves and the person we are becoming when we're with them, or at least that's what I was doing. So I was always trying to date people who had a better family than me so I could do that instead because it would be easier than worrying about my own shit so I'd, I'd date people who I felt had things that I didn't have so a mum and dad together or a bigger house like really stupid shit like that I was but trying it, to follow a script a storyline so that I could fall in love with myself does that make sense yeah like you're trying to level up a bit. I guess I was trying to level up I was trying to make myself happier by dating someone so I was like dating into situations rather than actually finding myself i would try and do it through other people and i would change a lot about who i was as well to be with someone i used to go out and have sex with like over 10 guys in a night i'd go to sex parties and not be taking prep or using a condom because i suppose i didn't care about myself so again during a really low period i would just like legs in the air at a naked party somewhere in brooklyn to, to knowingly go into it realizing that I'm only doing it because I feel shit about who I am. Yeah, and the fact that you were, could be damaging yourself. In the yeah, process. I like consciously went in going, well, I can't get a boyfriend. No one loves me, so I'll do this instead. That was literally the thought as I walked in. I remember it clear as day. So I couldn't even blame it on drink because it, it wasn't really. It was a genuine decision. It was destructive behavior. I, I would, Yeah, I, I decided to do something destructive. After that, I started taking prep so that I was overriding my mental health and that if I then put myself in a situation like that again at least I knew I had a backup because I was taking prep so I did a show in Edinburgh called Thirst Trap which was all about dating and I would date people on stage and literally have them reject me in front of an audience of people (laughs) like active self-harm on (laughs) stage which is so funny actually now that I'm thinking about it but yeah active self-harm because I was trying to find the one and I was desperately single and the apps weren't working so I thought you know what screw it I'll just date people in the audience but the whole comedy of it was that they reject me because I would never want to bully anyone um so yeah that was my show and I think doing that really caused me quite a lot of trauma so I, I I got a new therapist and dealt with a lot of that i did it again in edinburgh in 2019 i'd got a five-star review i really faced my issues head on and performed it again and owned it and i felt a lot happier with who i was after that experience i've always said you've got to own your truth and i know that sounds like a meme but it is actually true you really do need to know who you are you need to know exactly who you are and be okay with that that is not easy to do and it sounds like it's meaningless but it is a hundred thousand percent the secret to being happy i think and i'm not i'm not a hundred percent there 
like with who I am. I don't think any of us are. We've always got to build on who we are. But I definitely know I'm annoying. <laughs> well. And I'm okay with that. I think that's funny. Yeah. I'm okay that I'm really needy. I don't care if I'm needy. I, yeah. I am. I know I'm not cured of destructive sexual behavior. No. I still have some destructive sexual behavior, I think. But I'm just channeling it at one person yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rather than like 50. I think doing a podcast and talking about literally everything openly to everyone has really changed my life because there's nothing I can hide from anymore. So I can't go and date a guy and pretend that I'm innocent um, because I'm not. My boyfriend can listen to everything I've been through and his family can listen to everything I've been through. <laughs> everyone knows everything. And I think that's probably where we should all be at. We should all be 100% open and honest about who we are, what we want, what we've been through. That's the only way we, we will connect with each other, whether it's sex, relationships, or everyone's collective journey with mental health. James spoke about mental liberation through honesty and how, through his work, he's done this. It got me thinking about my own relationship to casual sex and the times I haven't treated myself with respect. And I'm really nervous to share that. And I think it's because through fear of being honest or through the fact that if I start to unbox that, I'll have to do some real work on myself and my relationship to sex and love. But this is Queer AF. And I guess being honest and brave is equal to being queer. In truth, I've spent the last year claiming to address my issues with self-worth and body image by becoming more sexually empowered. But the reality is, I've shunned committed relationships and I've been engaging in more sexual promiscuity. Hearing James open up about this triggered something in me. He made me realize that the negative behavior he was talking about was something that I'm currently engaging in. Do you know what's so weird while we're having this conversation? So when we started doing this, I was I, I knew the episode I wanted to make for this. I feel like I'm pulling away the fourth wall here, but I knew I wanted to talk about dating and sex and mental health, but I wasn't sure why I wanted to make that. And then while we're talking, I realized for me, it is the same conversation as what I did last year. Last year, I opened up about food and my mental health in a way that I was punishing myself through food and body image in a really destructive way. And when I look at sex and dating, I kind of do the same thing. And I guess as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing that's probably why I wanted to make this. It's kind of like a the next layer that I need to peel back and start to address. That's really cool. Yeah. And I have to... Wait, I'm a producer now as well. Yeah. You're going to get... just a contributor. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's true for... I guess that's true for me too. I think that's what I've done. I think I've looked behind the curtain and I've dealt with some abuse and I've dealt with some trauma that I had in my little brain I've released it I've like faced my demons a bit and now I'm able to now I am able to sort of celebrate them a bit more putting that out there is scary but addressing this is big for me I'm sitting here telling you that I don't want to find someone but is that because I've got a negative relationship to love or to sex or to both I mean RuPaul said it you can't love somebody else unless you love yourself. And I've always hated that statement because I genuinely think we're all constantly working on ourselves. So with that logic, you're never going to be able to date or be with anyone. So with all of this on my mind, I wanted to speak to someone who has a completely different relationship to dating. So for me, I feel like 
being in a relationship, it's like having a teammate. I really love bouncing off another person. Like I love, love. That's life coach and UK Black Pride's Shaw Bailey. I haven't seen you single. <laughs> Every know, time right? I even either dating or in a relationship. Um, I really like dating. Yeah. I love women. Yeah. So much. I love sex so much. Yeah. I feel like I'm at AA meeting. Like a no, meeting. I think it's all right because I work really well on my own. You are someone that seems to thrive in a relationship. Even, I think if you asked people who have been in a relationship with me what I'm like in a relationship, I'm very single. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so I'm very much a person of solitude. I meditate all the time. I spend the majority of the time that I have in life by myself. I very much like my own company. Now, you'll much rather see me on a Saturday night in my bedroom meditating, reading a book, chilling with some incense on than being out in the party with like a group of people. Part of that is you know, being autistic and part of that is just preferring my own company and, yeah. and the things that I want to achieve. I know that I have to achieve them from a really, you know, place of calm. So autism is, the I think, the main thing that affects my relationships because... It affects the way I understand somebody else's emotions. And right. Like the key to a, 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 like a, a good relationship is understanding somebody else's emotions and how you impact them so that you can help. So when you start a new relationship, do you go in straight away and say, look, here's the situation? I say the most inappropriate things to women, but not meaning them in a mean way. So, for example, I went on a date and just talking to a girl about her hobbies and she was a banker, so she was quite serious. And she said that she loved to do yoga. And I just said, well, you don't look like you do yoga. But not in a mean way, just in a... <laughs> <laughs> just in a <laughs> well, just said it. <laughs> said it and she was so offended. Like my, And I didn't mean that in a, I'm putting you down way. It's just a... Yeah, I'm just being completely frank and honest. And I think one of the important things about dating is to remember that it's not that serious. And that when you form a relationship or a connection with somebody, it, it can be something that's forever. It could be something that isn't forever. It could be for a short time. But yeah. it's really important to remember that when you're dating, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Dating's about exploring another person, learning about another person, learning about yourself. Enjoy it. And if it doesn't work out, then that's okay. And if it does work out, then that's okay as well. So say you are having a tough time. Is that something you pull away from like dating or do you go in and say, look, this is where I'm at right now? I think it depends on the tough time. So if the tough time is as a result of dating previously, if they're, you're still in love with somebody else or you're still very hurt by the way that another person has made you feel, in a relationship sense, then I would always aim to heal from those hurt feelings before getting into something with someone else. You know, they're saying, be careful when you get into a relationship because you don't want to bleed on somebody who hasn't cut you. you oh, don't wow. Want, you don't I've want never to... heard that, but that's great. But there is a sense of understanding yourself. So if I've ended a relationship because I'm unhappy, but I'm in a position where... I feel good about myself. I know what I want from a person and I know where I'm headed. Then I'll absolutely be completely frank with that person and say, hey, I may have had a rubbish time with work, et cetera, or external things are going on, but I know that 
in my heart space, in my heart center, energetically, I'm attracting and ready for a person who can add value to my life and my relationships. And then that's fine. So it's just dependent on the type of hurt that you're navigating yeah. and whether that person is, you know, open to being a part of going through that process with you and on that journey with you, because you're never going to suddenly find the perfect person who's the finished article, because essentially I don't want that person anyway, because I want somebody who's going to grow with me. After a short break, Martin is back on his hashtag queer AF journey to becoming happy and single. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're back. This is Hashtag QueerAF, the podcast that pays students, graduates, and LGBT plus reporters to help them build an audio portfolio. It's all a project by National Student Pride. This week, Martin Joseph wants to be happy, single, and queer all at the same time. Is it possible? Speaking with Shah made me feel so good. She loves dating. And if I can pop a pin in the conversation of negative sex for a second, as I said earlier, I do too. And I really love the idea of not searching for this finished person. That really takes the pressure off. Because I feel like I'm still growing. And maybe that's perfect for someone else. Okay, so maybe it's safe to go back into the water. And having a little swim in the dating pool isn't so bad. But the act itself can sometimes be a little terrifying. It can often be a little difficult remaining upbeat after your fifth failed date of the month. I wanted to chat to someone who is always giving out positive vibes. Who, like me, is single and swiping. So we're going to talk about dating. Mm. Are you single? I am single. What? <laughs> <laughs> I am single, thank you, yeah. Kathy. Dominic Evans, also known as Dominic, is an author and illustrator whose book, Free To Be Me, was this summer's must-have positive page-turner. It's like the Hunger Games. You men have talked to like 15 different people at one time, date them at the same time, then you whittle them down to like the final three, and then they whittle that down to one, and then they're either with them for a while, and they get, you know, a nice little flat in Walthamstow, or it lasts two months, and they start again. Yeah, it's and one or the other. There's no great Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like that or the other. So I always find, I remember like when I first moved here, I went on a date with a guy, and we were chatting, he's like, is it fair to let you know that you've got some competition? And I was like... What do you mean? Well, I was sleeping with a guy recently and I've been seeing him for like three weeks and I'm on a date with you. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. But for me, it was, I mean, it was refreshing that he was honest. Which is cool that we're quite smart about dating. That yeah. we're like, here's, here's all my rules and here's all my baggage. Fair but enough. It also feels a little bit clinical. I almost feel like sometimes it's people are trying to network rather than go on a date with me. So New Year's Day, I rejoined Tinder. But normally I put my Instagram on it now, but I never used to put it on. But then I found there's no point anyway because people look at Instagram and then they'll see things that have happened and then you go for a drink with them and they seem all right and then literally three hours in they're like something about writing a book but I need a literary agent uh, and they're like have you got one and I'm like 
Yeah, and then they start pitching their book to me about, I don't know, the sad beaver lost down the creek or something. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm there with my Pinot Grigio, like, bloody hell, because I just get me out of this room right now. And I can't help you. I can't get you. That's why you're here today. Yeah. I was like, I'm an idea for a book. (laughs) Listen, if it's about a sad beaver going down the creek, then I would pull that forward. That'd be great. How do you handle single life? I don't even feel like I need to handle it because for me, it's just life. <laughs> so I feel like single life is great. You know, I'll throw in a dash of social interaction with loads of my friends. I'll go to the cinema. I'll read a cute book. I'll watch Real Housewives of <laughs> Sometimes at Christmas, it's a bit weird. A lot of my mates from up north moved to London like right before I did. So I was quite lucky that when I got her, I had a crew. But when we all meet up at Christmas, like everyone, I mean, they're all straight. There's like probably about 12 of us, but they're all uh, engaged or married or in long-term relationships. Yeah. And all like own properties and stuff. Yeah. And I'm there just really happy with my Hey You subscription. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact I've got someone to pull a cracker with at the Christmas dinner. Yeah, that'll do. I'm just like buzzing. But yeah, it is weird. I think in London as well, though, even whether you're in a relationship or not, it can feel like a quite a lonely city sometimes, even though it's buzzing and there's such a massive thing going on. It can feel a little bit like, especially when you do feel like you've just been dumped or you're going through a breakup or whatever, you can feel a bit shit about yourself. My personal thing is I, as a white cisgender gay man, I struggle with dating sometimes and with my mental health when dating applies to it and meeting someone but on the flip side in general when you put it in a bigger picture we're also extremely privileged because we are white cisgender gay men and we are not uh, non-binary or transitioning or um, of color or disabled or a number of other factors that make up our beautiful community and it can be more difficult for them I think sometimes as well. I struggle as it is being you know a bit femme and sounding like Mel B and <laughs> turning up with my little metallic painted nails on. I struggle with that sometimes. Well, not struggle as in like I struggle for someone to get me. The, I feel like the ideal in London is if you're white and muscular and strict and have an All Saints crew neck t-shirt, you are the dream man. That's yeah. the vibe I've got. <laughs> Literally, that is it. This is a quote that my mum said to me when I came out of my first like relationship, proper relationship, which only lasted 10 months. But for me, I was like, it's marriage. <laughs> and I was about 21 and I was heartbroken. I'd been cheated on. I'd been hurt. It was really humiliating, love stuff. And my mum turned to me and said to me, and this is at a time that she wasn't very 100% with me being gay. And she went, Dominic, rejection is protection and it is something that i've applied to every single thing in my life ever since when it comes to dating relationships work anything opportunities that i've missed out on rejection is protection because i generally feel there's a reason that hasn't worked out and that's just it i think maybe because i've had some bad experiences and a little bit of heartache i've been trying to protect myself but ultimately i've been doing it the wrong way around because Swearing off love and stopping myself finding it, well, that's only limiting my own growth. One person who seems to have this whole love thing sussed is author, journalist, screenwriter, and the other 50% of your Student Pride hosting team, Juno Dawson. It was weird. So initially when I first came out, I'd been, I moved back to Brighton and very, very quickly I met a guy who turned out to be my boyfriend for a while because I wanted to see if there was still going to be a future for me as a trans woman and having a love life. And I wasn't sure if there were men out there who would be interested in dating me. Very quickly I learned there was. 
and I was with that guy. I won't name him because I've not asked permission, but I was with that guy for about nine months. Yeah. And I was like, this is so easy. You know, who knew that just the first <laughs> man you went on a date with, you know, it was that simple. But then I realized I was way too early in my transition to be focusing on a relationship. There's only so much you can do with yeah. your mental powers. And I couldn't navigate the first year of my transition and have a boyfriend it was just impossible so I ended things with him and it was fine we're still friends but then so I, when I was ready I sort of got back into dating and that was when I realized it could be potentially a bit and well I think actually hazardous is the right word which is you know there were men who were giving me fake names there were married men who were telling me they weren't married um there were men who were unwilling to be seen with me in public places yeah or were very shifty about seeing being seen with me in public places so that's when I realized oh this is a whole other kind of kettle of fish kind of and that's when I sort of, I had to wise up a little bit that dating as a trans person can be really difficult. There are so few messages in the media at the moment telling trans and non-binary people that we are loved and that we are lovable. And actually, you know, since I came out, what, five, six years ago, you know, I have had every kind of love. You know, I've had love from my family, love from my friends, love from partners. And I went into this transition kind of thinking, well, it might just be you by yourself forever. And that just wasn't true at all. So I'm not going to lie and say that dating as a trans person is a walk in the park, but there is definitely love out there. You wrote in your book about when you were young and all you saw on TV was about AIDS mm. and HIV. And how do you think that has impacted us as LGBT people? Oh my God. I mean, yeah, you couldn't be an adolescent who grew up through the 80s or 90s without really being told in lots of different ways, even through the mainstream media, which is incredibly powerful, that you're probably going to die. And I think we, as a generation, we don't, I don't think we can really exaggerate how deep that has gone, that we were all trained to equate sex with death. I mean, certainly I did. And I sometimes you know, look at where I am now, you know, I'm 38 now and just sort of think, you know, you survived a plague. Yeah. And I slightly think there's almost a lingering bit of survivor guilt now, yeah. which is if, you know, that somehow our generation, we got through the darkest period. We, we are in a place now where undetectable means untransmittable, where HIV is not a death sentence. We somehow, you know, we did it what next yeah you know because we've only just got there literally in the last two or three years so as a community now it's a bit like well what now you know what 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 do we make of it now and you know can are we free now to enjoy sex in the same way that straight and cis people have always been able to enjoy sex yeah because i was talking to james about it we both kind of agreed on using sex to damage ourselves sometimes especially when we've had low points like having really risky mm. sex and it's almost like we've always had this thing that could sort of punish us and we would use it in that way but I think now again because we have prep now it's mm. kind of taken that away but because we have that now it's almost we can we can cover ourselves and go well even if I get in a really low point as long as I'm taking prep every day I'm kind of protected in case I make any mistakes I'm reading a really interesting book and I'm going to shout out it's Sarah Pascoe's new book it's uh -huh. called Sex Money Power and it is a look at the correlation between evolution and sex and also sex work. Um, but the first few chapters are really interesting and she does explore, you know, is there 
a difference in the sexual behaviours of men and women. And it turns out there are some really reasonable genetic and evolutionary reasons why men and women have slightly different attitudes to sex. And so actually, if you are looking at cis gay men mm-hmm. who are not having sex with women, why wouldn't they have slightly different roles? You know, nobody nobody's going to be getting pregnant. There's, there's no children to raise in that immediate situation so i think possibly as a community especially now that the shadow of hiv has somewhat evolved if not gone i think where's the harm yeah and possibly what we should in in fact be doing is saying rather than shaming gay men for being promiscuous we should be encouraging everybody to be more promiscuous (laughs) as long as you are safe everybody's consenting to everything and i think possibly that's what has been different for gay and trans people historically, which is that element of shame, which is that element of this isn't right or this isn't normal. And of course, if you're gay, having sex with other gay people is as normal as the day is long. Yeah. And as a friend very wisely once told me, it's like chocolate. Chocolate in itself is not intrinsically bad or good. It's about an individual's relationship with the chocolate. (laughs) Are you able just to dip in and out and have a little bit of chocolate as part of a healthy balanced diet? Or are you gorging on chocolate 93 times a day and it's making you really sick? And I think the same is true of sex. It's about an individual's relationship with sex and with intimacy. All right, let's talk about love real love. quick. So I said to you before we started this that I think you've become the poster child for uh, oh God, no. <laughs> for sort of uh, love and happiness and you've got it all together and successful and we have to talk about the fact that you're now engaged. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was looking to meet someone. I was looking for a monogamous relationship and I think I'm wary of the poster girl kind of position because, you know, heteronormative monogamy isn't for everyone and you know I have a friend down in Brighton who lives with me and he got married to his husband last year very quickly they realized it wasn't working and they split up and through that he realized do you know what monogamy just not for me Mm. and that's fine I was looking for monogamy I've been really really happy with Max the last two years I figured you know, for as far as I can see into the future, I want to be with Max. So it makes sense for us, I guess, to have a ceremony and a party. For me, there's that whole thing of you go, I'm never going to get married when you're a kid. I'm never going to have children. And your parents don't realize why you're so sad. And you're like, because I've realized that I'm never going to have all them things I'm looking at. But you you, can And now we know we can. And you have achieved that. Does that feel nice? Yeah. And I mean, you know, many, many LGBTQ couples before me have achieved it. But again, I would say it's not necessarily the, the end goal. And I think we have to be very, very careful sort of setting these goals for ourselves because what we do and it's human nature is as soon as you achieve one goal, you just set yourself another one. Yeah. And I think this is why a lot of marriages kind of end within the first couple of years because that kind of becomes the end goal. And But but then what? You yeah. know, the, the, the end goal for Max and I isn't to get married. It's to have a marriage and to make that work for the foreseeable future. And very much going into 2020, my philosophy is one of looking for contentment rather than bliss or joy. And I think actually, you know, we put a lot of way on searching for, you know, eternal 
like gratitude and love and well actually no because you're never going to get there so I think I've realized what I'm looking for is that day where there's just nothing to worry about a day where you know I go to bed sort of fine actually and I think possibly this is the problem that has stemmed from Instagram and social media which is we're constantly comparing ourselves to people living this bliss yeah and it, that's impossible. Don't aspire to the big white wedding or the big car or the big house. Aspire to going to bed warm and full and content. I think I could settle for content. But I'm not going to get there by giving myself so many rules. Maybe I will meet the one. Maybe I won't. But I am taking the pressure off. I'm not giving myself any more expectations and I certainly won't be making relationship goals based on generations gone by. Growing up, I didn't think I would have all these awesome opportunities to celebrate love. So I would probably be doing myself a little disservice if I ruled them out at this stage. Yes, love is torturous and dating can be hard, but that's nothing new for LGBT people. Talking about my sexual behavior and why I behave this way is scary. But I now know that I need to look at my relationship to sex and start to address it with self-care. I guess the big thing I realized is that, no, you don't need someone else to complete you. But equally, you don't need to be fully complete to be with someone else. With thanks to our guests today, who were also our fab main stage hosts at National Student Pride a few weeks ago, Juno Dawson and James Barr. Go to the Student Pride YouTube to see all of our panels. But also thanks to Dormink and also Shah Bailey, who was our guest on last week's episode, Access All Rainbows. That was a live episode recording about being LGBT plus and disabled. Definitely go back in the feed if you haven't caught that yet. Producer and reporter on today's show was Martin Joseph. Check out his podcast, The Real Brunch. Executive production was by me. I'm at Jamie underscore Wareham on Twitter. If you love what this project does, stay where you are. We're about to play you our LGBTQ Artists of the Week. But while you listen to the track, we want you to go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us put the show in front of more people and beat the algorithms that are always beating down queer content. You can also tag us in your social media when you share about the show. Student Pride for that one. Or, better yet, send this episode to a friend and spread the hashtag QueerAF message by starting conversations. This week's track is by Girl in Red. It's also the new soundtrack for the feature film The Turning, and we're very excited to present Kate's Not Here. Check out at Girl in Red on Instagram for more of her. We are hashtag QueerAF, and so are you.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.